Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you looking for a podcast where the hosts keep it real? Then add the Let's Get Cancel podcast to your playlist. This is the official podcast of your host, Casual Ninja. Join Ninja and his co-host as they discuss all kinds of topics. They discuss dating, current events, life in New York City, and a whole lot more. But be warned, Let's Get Cancel is extremely entertaining. The Let's Get Cancel podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Amazon Music, Amazon Audible, Google podcast overcast breaker radio public and pocket cast add the let's get canceled podcast to your playlist right now let's get canceled podcast this is the let's get canceled podcast with casual <clears throat> and bone trucker yo what it do people yeah i think it's gonna be the first one the first podcast in the new year First one for the new year, fam. But I'm saying, we're going to talk about that in another podcast. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily celebrate Janice. That's, that's funny you said it when today's your birthday. For sure. But, you know, you're going to edit that out later. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking business. <laughs> oh, God. I'm probably not. <laughs> but, yeah. So, today's topic, we're talking about Dysfunctional behavior. <laughs> Just for the listening public, he's doing something dysfunctional right now. He can't help it. It's that project living. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So, uh, what's your take on, you know... Uh, well, well, you know, I'm going to come with the facts. You know how I rock. You know how I get down, fam. So the term dysfunctional is defined as abnormal or impaired functioning on the part of an individual person between people in any sort of relationship or amongst members of a family. Okay. So then if you ask what causes dysfunctional behavior, dysfunctional families because it's defined as a family, because that's usually the root. Dysfunctional families are primarily a result of two adults. One typically uh, overtly abusive and the other codependent. It may also be affected by addictions such as substance abuse, such drugs including alcohol, dope, crack, or sometimes by an unrelated mental illness. Mm. So, okay, so my question for you is um, when people realize they have dysfunctional behavior, why would they announce it as a way to justify their actions instead of just trying to get some help? Well, if, if, if somebody's doing that, they don't realize they have dysfunctional behavior. Well, what about women? What about them? Majority of them are dysfunctional. Well, 
you got to consider what society would call a norm. And norms are basically computated on what the majority of people do. So if the majority of people right now eat vanilla ice cream, then it would be considered, then vanilla ice cream would be considered a normal favorite. True. Doesn't mean that it's everybody's favorite, but that's just what they're going to call normal. So when we look at women, and I'm also going to look at the men that behave in a dysfunctional manner, usually the root or the stem of that comes from your family, how you were nurtured. And because you lived in that situation, you might observe that um, level of functioning as normal, but when you move about the public, it might be dysfunctional. So why do hurt people hurt people? Well, they don't know they're hurt. Sometimes they know they're hurt, and the only way they can get back is to get back at the general public. Because sometimes the source of that hurt, they feel empowered against. I mean, unempowered against. Weak. Mm. So it's like, you meet a female. And, you know, I'm not trying to de um, demonize or villainize females, but you meet a female who is in an abusive relationship. Right? Mm. She never had closure or resolve with that individual that was abusing her. So now you got to deal with her dysfunctional behavior. She's not necessarily doing it intentionally, but she's doing it. She's handling it the best way she thinks she sees fit. Okay. Or he sees fit. <clears throat> now, is it just a choice to indulge in that behavior and not change and, and just trying to find somebody to accept it? Even that idea is toxic? Well, everything, everything is a choice. It doesn't matter what it is. It's always going to be a choice. But um, finding somebody that's going to accept it, that's easy. But in the long run, they're not going to be happy because they're dealing with somebody else that's just as dysfunctional. True. So until you, you know, seek out the proper recourse to solve whatever issues you're dealing with, you're always going to stay in that same cycle of repetitiveness. Well, talk about females for a sec. Uh, a lot of people feel like if it wasn't for a lot of toxic female traits that's out there, a lot of men wouldn't be as, uh, I'll say, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, more guarded since they got fucked over so much by chicks. Well, you got to realize a lot of females out here, and this is just documented. Y'all can look it up. Don't believe me for sure. But um, a lot of females that deal with the, the issues they have are triggered by men. You know, when you, did, when you talk about a woman that has suffered from some form of sexual abuse, rape, a lot of times that starts in the family. And where the damage comes into play is when that female reports it to their authority figure, which would be the mother mm -hmm. or the father. And instead of accepting what the child is telling them, they their recourse is to tell a child that they're wrong, that it's your fault. So now throughout the rest of their lives, that child is going to adapt maladaptive behaviors that 
she might be able to function, you know, day-to-day life, going to work, commuting, paying rent and bills, but her ability or even his ability to maintain a stable relationship are going to be greatly hindered. Mm. So, and I was thinking too, because like a lot of the relationships I was in, all the girls I messed, <clears throat> the girls I messed with, I would let a bad situation try to harden my heart. And I realized over time that's not the best thing because I'm just taking on a toxicity as my own. Like rinse and repeat, you understand the others. Well, I mean, think about it. If there's any man or any woman out here that's ever dealt with an individual that suffered from some form of sexual abuse, and they haven't looked out or haven't looked for the proper counseling to get over it, that's not going to be a a good look over time. Because there's certain behaviors that they've adopted to deal with that occurrence in their life that they now look at as a a norm. But when, again, once you get into a relationship or you're out in the public, the average person ain't going to see it as being a norm. So one of the ways that I put this out to somebody well, I put it out to people is this way. You're a soldier in war right now, right? Mm-hmm. So you're on the base and as a result of being in combat, when you get back to, when you go to sleep or you get back to the barracks, you curl up in a fetal position in the ball. And the reason that they do that is so that they can feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. Now the war is over. That individual gets back home but they still curl up in a ball to feel safe. That means they haven't dealt with the trauma that caused them to, to, to curl up into a ball or in that fetal position because that seems to be normal for them now. Or here goes another example. Um, you went to jail for 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. As a result of being in jail for 10 years, you become hyper... Um, sensitive to people touching you when you're sleeping because while you're in jail one of the biggest fears in jail is getting raped so as a result you you, you know you sleep a certain way when you go when, when, when it's time to knock out you get out of jail you marry a woman or you meet your girlfriend and when you go to sleep next to her if she ever touches you in your sleep you jump up in a violent manner which now means because of the trauma that you dealt with in jail, doesn't mean you got raped, but because of that situation, now when somebody touches you in your sleep, you automatically become defensive because you think they're trying to take your manhood or your womanhood. True. And that's basically what happens when people have dysfunctional behaviors. Oh. <clears throat> trauma, they never addressed it. They adapted maladaptive behaviors for it. But that maladaptive behavior was good for you while you're by yourself. When you try to make a relationship with someone else, it doesn't work because everybody has expectations in the, in the relationship. Well, um, well, especially the men, too. Uh, it's definitely a child also. And um, at the same time, when it comes to the dysfunction habits. Like what habits you talking about, fam? 
Well, like some like since there's levels to it, there's uh there's ones that are extremes and there's ones that are subtle. So right, that sounds good, but I need examples. Let's give the people examples. You know, so just like uh say somebody has anger issues and she just spazzes out look for every little thing, or she just has to start an issue. Like they, they can't be no peace. She just has to have an issue with everything. That's toxic. All right, let me give let me give you a basis. Let me give you a ground. Something you understand because where you live right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you're walking down the street. All right, you got person A that had a wholesome um upbringing, never really had any traumas going on in their life. They're pretty much grounded. You got person B that had multiple traumas and they become hypersensitive to normal interactions with people. Mm -hmm. So here's the example: you're on a train. And somebody walks by you and they bump you. How would you expect person A to behave? Oh, like angry. Okay, so then if that if person A is responding angry, how is person B gonna respond? Well, if um usually they'll say I'm sorry. If not, they could also become hostile. Well, I would expect person A possibly to just brush it off. Mm-hmm. Don't mean nothing. They're going about their normal day. They probably didn't mean it. It's okay. I would expect person B that hasn't dealt with their own personal traumas to become inflamed. Yo, what the fuck you doing, son? Why you bought me like that? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean to do it. Fuck you mean you ain't mean to do it. You saw me standing here. You see the difference? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the issue with that is a lot of people want to associate that type of behavior with strictly low income. But that's not necessarily the case. Because this, this type of behavior happens regardless of what income level you're at. Maladaptive or dysfunctional behavior goes across um, economic status. Because okay. any, 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 at any income level or economic level, you can suffer a trauma. Just because you're rich and your parents is making money don't mean you can't be molested. Just because you're poor and disenfranchised don't mean you're going to be molested. That's a great point. <clears throat> now, what about the subtle behaviors like, like drinking, drowning your sorrows? Well, when you part of that is a, a normalcy that society is designed. I mean, drinking is a normal behavior period. I mean, when you go to a wedding, right? Mm -hmm. And they toast the bride and groom, what do they expect you to do? Toast and drink. Okay, when the New Year's come, what do, what do people expect you to do? Toast to the New Year. Okay, so when generally when we have holidays in this country, <clears throat> what do people expect you to do? Drink during the holidays. Okay, so when you have a behavior that's been to a certain extent, normalized, some people are going to find it hard to realize that I have a drinking problem or I may have a drug problem. Mm. You know, but the problem occurs when that habit that you have takes you out of being able to um, complete normal day-to-day -day tasks, like getting up on time for work, paying your bills, taking care of your kids, um, being intimate or having relationships with your partner. 
being able to solve a problem without mm -hmm. having to resort to the most basic emotion, which is anger. Well, there's a lot of behaviors I've been noticing recently also with uh, certain people. Well, don't worry about it. That scratching will go away. <laughs> just just got to use some lotion, B. You melanated. Cold. <laughs> you know. Funny. No, I'm talking about like waking up late. Like sleeping on, like basically sleeping on morning, like in the afternoon, always be late for work, always drinking, things like that. It's subtle. Like, you, you might not be a sloppy drink, but it's like, you can tell like, you ain't that active. Yeah, but with the with the, the the habits that you just stated, how long would somebody be able to really maintain a job for any set amount of time and longevity? Depending on the nature of the job, four to six months. I'll give you that. But see, then again, what some people, I would say normal quoted people do is they recognize who they are. Mm -hmm. I met some people that are like, yeah, I can drink all week. It ain't a problem. Then I've met some people that are like, nah, I only drink on the weekends when I don't got to go to work because I tend to overdo it. They recognize where they are with it. Yeah. Same with people that do what kind of that do drugs. You got some people out here that are crackheads, and all they live for is their next hot. Then you got what they would call a functional crackhead. They can smoke a pipe, go to work, come home, smoke a pipe, go to sleep. They've learned how to manage that addiction that they have. But when you can't manage that addiction no more and it takes you over, then you're def definitely going to ha start having dysfunctional habits. Mm. Well, let's think about vices or anything like that. Can leading people on be a demon habit? It can be. I mean, you got to realize anything under the sun can be considered a deviant or mal or dysfunctional behavior. Okay. It doesn't matter what it is. If you do it more than what the so-called normal is, mm -hmm. now you're now you're outside the scale. So even when you t think about the normal, the normalcy of what anybody does, <clears throat> if you do it more than the normal, you're extreme. If you do it less than the normal, well, I don't know what the word to use for that would be, less than normal, you just be, I don't know, I guess not the norm. Or blow average. Because see, think about it. When you meet somebody that tells you, nah, man, I don't drink, I don't smoke, don't you look at them different? I'm like, really? Yeah. Not even a sip? Yeah, that's the other end of the spectrum. Wow. But when you think about what's normal, they would still be outside the normal, so you might have something to think about. Okay. Well, let me put that way in. Just about any type of behavior in the wrong direction can become uh, a toxic habit, so... Any behavior. Doesn't matter what it is. Like, here you go. Uh, and it's just an example. I like fried chicken wings and fried rice. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, if I ate that twice a week, would you say that's normal? Yeah, twice a week, yeah. 
All right, what if I ate that every single day? I'm like, it ain't that good. <sighs> to you. But uh, now you think there's something different about me. Or yeah. what if I say, um, I drink soda every day? <laughs> I actually know a guy like that. Huh? I actually know a guy like that. Okay, but do you drink soda every day? No. Okay, so now when you think about uh, beverages, especially because of how much the company's profit off it, you would have to say that drinking soda is a norm, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody that drinks more soda than usual, you drink too much. Anybody that doesn't drink soda, well, maybe you just think they're health nut. But a lot of this comes down to us being able to label people. And we label people because it makes it easier to categorize each other so that you know how to deal with that individual. Mm. I mean, you meet a crackhead. How are you going to treat a crackhead? Like shit. Oh, well, that's, that's fucked up because, you know, <laughs> person. I get it. <laughs> but my next question is, how are you going to treat a CEO of a major company? Well, that's a double standard. No, how would you treat him? With respect. All right, now let me throw this into the mix. The crackhead you're talking about goes to church every week. They're struggling financially, but they do everything they can to support their family. Now, the CEO we're talking about, mm-hmm. he beats his wife and he sexually abuses his children. So now I ask you again, how do you treat that crackhead? How do you treat that CEO? Well, goddamn. <laughs> I just, well, I peeped that message. <laughs> <laughs> something to think about yeah because see when i say ceo your first most people's first response is i'm gonna treat this person with respect you know they're they're a leader of an industry they're a decent person but when i say crackhead your first response is you ain't shit i ain't got to treat you like shit because you ain't shit but what it comes down to is what do you really know about this individual which is again the label crackhead treat you like shit ceo treat you like you are the shit but once I add some factors to it, now it makes you consider how I'm going to treat that person. Mm. So let's take a female or a male that has dysfunctional sexual behavior. Well, that's easy. <laughs> All right. Well, you got a male that he's not, he, he, he's able to sleep with multiple women whenever he really feels like it. Mm. He's a good looking man. He's in shape. Maintains his job, but he sleeps with a, with a lot of women, right? Well, it's obvious that this individual is unable to maintain a relationship, but then you have to ask your questions. Why? Why is he so sexually active? Why is this male unable to couple with one female and build a relationship with them? Then we can look at the female. Why does this female have multiple sexual partners? Why is she honest about her sexual activity but at the same time while she's being honest she's still continuing to engage in the activity that you know is unhealthy so we got two examples oh does it actually mean that the individuals can't connect with one person just because they have multiple sex partners I wouldn't say they can't but what level are they connecting on? 
It's just a physical. Exactly. So does that make them dysfunctional? Not necessarily. Mm-mm. But if they have a history of this, then yeah, well, I'm going to say it's dysfunctional. I mean, especially if he's not going to better them. Well, you know, as far as they might be concerned, I'm bettering myself. I'm getting all the pussy I want. I'm getting all the dick I want. I'm good. Most people don't get this much pussy. Most people get, don't get this much dick. I'm doing better than you. But then when you start throwing other factors in, like, well, economically, where you at? You getting all this dick, female. What, what kind of job you got? Oh, um, I'm a barista. <laughs> all right, yo, fam, you getting all this pussy. Where you work at? Oh, I'm going to usher at the movie theater. Well, obviously, your behaviors do not benefit you economically. And since we live in a capitalist society, everything that we should be doing should be geared towards increasing your value. Wow. I never saw from that standpoint. I mean, let's take a porn star. Porn stores have a lot of sex, right? Do they? They can pay for it. Mm-hmm. They may have gotten into the industry behind some type of dysfunction in their family or their personal life, but now they take their dysfunction and they get paid for it. So would you say they're stupid or they're intelligent? It's intelligent, but it's still unhealthy. Exactly. Just like when you look at the people that stormed the White House. They might have had an intellectual purpose for what they did, mm-hmm. but what they did was still ultimately stupid. Yeah, so well, somewhere along the line, their ability to rationalize what they were doing was way off. Yeah. So... But is there like a... A solution to this functionality, I guess, depending on the severity of it. Well, there's this. I'm never gonna say there's one set solution, but there's always some place you could start. And the way that you start it is to stop what you consider to be dysfunction. So, if you're a crackhead, the first way to start solving that problem is to do what? Stop being crack. crack. Right. Well, now you're not a crackhead no more, right? Okay, you stop smoking crack. You're trying to rebuild your life. So the next thing to do is find yourself some employment. Right? Right. Okay. So once you've got the employment and you're getting paid minimum wage, you realize, well, minimum wage ain't going to do enough for me to maintain my life or a family. So then what you want to do is you want to increase your skill level so that you can get paid more on open market. So I was a crackhead for 10 years. I stopped smoking crack. I got me a good job at McDonald's because any job you do, any job that pays you a salary is a good job. Okay. But McDonald's don't really pay me enough to do what I want to do in my life. So now I'm going to try to go to a JUCO or a junior college. I'm going to go to a junior college to do um, IT service or IT work or um, something in the social, social skill area. Or because I was a crackhead, now I'm gonna go do KSAT so I can help other people stop being crackheads. You with me? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yeah. 
Yeah, you lying your ass off. <laughs> Yo, everybody, I'm looking at him right now. He got his finger in his nose and he digging hard. Yeah, I, I think it was on my nose. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> but yeah. whatever step you're going to take is going to start with you. And a lot of times when you look at what people stop doing is because of what they have around. Them. But at the same time, because of what's around you can make you continue doing what you're doing. Birds of a feather flock together. So if you're a crackhead, well, I need to really stop hanging out with crackheads. Because that means they're going to come through with some crack and I might smoke. So I got to stop hanging out with crackheads. Well, you know, the only point I'm trying to make is it's, it's uh, don't let your dysfunction ruin potential good opportunities for you. Or relate. Yeah, see, you, you got to recognize if it's dysfunctional. Uh, when, when you're dysfunctional, like I said, birds of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. When you're dysfunctional, you're going to hang around people that have your same dysfunction. That make you feel comfortable in the shit you're doing. So the first thing is to recognize what you're doing that you recognize as dysfunctional and then remove yourself from the situation that continues to manifest this ability, this um, behavior. Mm. I mean, real talk, I lived in, you know, when I lived up top, fam, I smoked like every every day, every day, Mm -hmm. right? But I'm well aware of what society wants as far as what you need to have in place when you get a job. I got down to where I'm at now. I realized there's a strong possibility that any work, any employment I go for, they're going to want me to pee, right? Right. So what do I need to do? I need to stop, period. So I stopped. I got a job. It wasn't paying me what I wanted, but because I stopped, that made any other job I went for possible. You with me, bro? Mm-hmm. Stop scratching your head. <laughs> so now, because I don't smoke, that opens up the doors for other high-paying um, positions that I might want, which is where I'm at now. So literally what happened was I'm up top. I'm doing about 56 a year. 56K, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing my mental health counseling. I'm doing my security work, and I'm running the dojo. I get down to where I'm at now. I want to make the same money I made up there down here. So the only industry that I felt I could do that in was trucking. Hence my name, Born Trucker. So literally what happened, and I had to look at it this way, somebody came to me and was like, yo, yo, born. Yo, fam, check it out, son. I'm going to pay you twice what you made up top, down here. But in order for you to make that money, you got to stop smoking weed. Done deal. But I'm looking at it as a reward system. I stopped doing this. I can capitalize on that. What a lot of people don't do is they don't understand the benefits of stopping a negative behavior and how that negative stopping that negative behavior can propel them forward in their life, be it economically, socially, political. Damn, you stuck. (laughs) 
Nah, uh, that's a real good point, actually. But it's funny you trade. You basically traded one green for another. That's what happens. It's a, remember, everybody's got a choice in life. Yeah, yes, they do. You could be that female that got a man, but you got side dudes. Well, honestly, if you ain't married, you could do that. But that's not how people look at it. Now, if I'm married and I got a, a side piece, that's a problem. I should really be slutting my wife out to the fullest. True. But if I just got a girlfriend, well, shit, I might still have other partners on the side because you just my girlfriend. But the norm is I'm going to treat my girlfriend the same way I'm going to treat my wife. And that's just uh, fucking stupid. Mm. Why am I going to give my girlfriend the same privileges or resources I give my wife? And people get stuck in that cycle. And to me, that shit is dysfunction. Yeah, I can definitely agree. I mean, I, even I've done that numerous times. I mean, honestly, why am I going to give my wife, my girlfriend, wife privileges? I got a girlfriend, so why am I going to give her the key to my apartment? Which I've done. But see, when I had a girlfriend, I gave her the key. Mm. I got two locks on my door. The minute I don't want, no, want to deal with her, all I got to do is put two locks on. When I want her to come through, I'm going to keep one lock on. Easy peasy. My wife. She can come through whenever she wants. That's my wife. I made a commitment to her with the state and with the most high. So she can come and go whenever she feel like it. My girlfriend, what commitment have I made? But the norm right now is I'm going to treat my girlfriend like my wife. Fuck out of here. I've always done that. <laughs> I ain't saying you're wrong for it, but you, know, you got to consider why am I giving my girlfriend wife privileges? Or why am I giving my boyfriend husband privileges? And I don't mean stuff like the basic things that we need to live. If you got a girlfriend, you got a boyfriend, and you and you cook for them, what's wrong with that? Y'all both got to eat. Ain't nothing wrong with that. If my girlfriend need a little bit of money for the bill, or my boyfriend need a little bit of money for the bill, ain't nothing wrong with that. What mm -hmm. I'm talking about is maintaining that over a period of time. That's wife privilege. That's husband privilege. Yeah, uh, that's a habit that you actually got to practice on, on breaking, especially me. Well, you know, when you deal with some women, they try to pressure you. You know, you want to be with me, you got to pay bills. My, my my retort to that would be if I got to be with you and pay bills, I'm married to you. If I ain't married to you, I ain't, I ain't paying none of your bills. I might help you out from time to time, but I'm not going to pay your bills. Yo. Mm -hmm. need coffee. <laughs> no, nah, you're right, man. You want to call You want to call this a wrap for the podcast? Yeah, we're going to call it a wrap, yo. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a part two on this. Part two? Yeah, because I can go deep into the rabbit hole on this whole topic, fam. I'm actually interested to hear that. You might be. Might not be. But I know the public going to be like, oh, shit, for real? 
For real. I'm saying everybody got some type of maladaptive behavior. It's, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm gonna take you right now, for example. There you go with that goddamn fried rice. <laughs> All right, when you get on the train, right, mm-hmm. and you get a seat, do you take up more space than you need to? No. So you sit down, and you don't care who's sitting next to you? No, I care. Especially if they can't fit. So you care? Yeah. So you've never been on a train when somebody bigger than they supposed to be got in the space next to you? Oh, yeah, sure. always piss me off. Right. But see... That's part of the norm of living in this big city. So when I got on a train, I always had first, I always rocked the train face. My train face was, yo, I might fuck you up at any moment, so you might not want to sit next to me. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> I might just hook off on you just because you sat down next to me and there's not enough space. So anybody that was squeezing to that little space next to me, I gave you that respect because you was like, fuck how you look. I'm sitting down. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that was fun. I'll be trying to do the same shit, too. And then when I catch girls looking at me, I'm like, oh, well, damn. <laughs> Well, you know how I feel. If I'm sitting when I was sitting on the train in New York, I'm not giving my seat up for a woman. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. On one level, y'all want to be equal, so your ass can stand up equally. But my my decision came from the fact that I'm on a train with my daughter, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, you know, in the you know the cat the, the the baby carrier sitting on your chest, mm-hmm. and I got her brother in the stroller when I get on the train. So I thought. That when I get on a train looking like this, people would get up for me to sit down. Because I obviously got a bigger burden than you do. Mm-hmm. You know how many people got up for me? None. None. So with that simple premise in my head, I don't give a fuck if she get on and she's 90 years old. Bitch, you walked on here, you can stand <laughs> up and walk the fuck off. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll let you sit down. That might be a detriment to your whole life. I mean, you put it like that, then, yeah, that makes complete total sense. <laughs> I mean, see, here's, here's part of the issue in this, this normalcy of the world we live in and the dysfunction that works with it. You want to be a man that's chivalrous and you want to cater to women. But then at the same time, you have women that know that you're going to do this and they take advantage of it. Yeah, that don't make sense. They just allow it to function. So right now, being a serious man, honestly, is dysfunctional. Because some people ain't going to appreciate it. Me? I'm that dude. I'm going to open up doors. I'm going to cook. I'm going to do all that shit. She told me she got a beef with another dude or some dude came out of sideways. You know, some ugly things might happen. And I'm, I'm fully capable of doing that. But she needs to understand this as well. Because unlike most people out here that's talking-ish, fam, I got got 30 years pugilistic arts. I could do what I got to do. But that don't necessarily mean that's the best solution to that method. No, of course. 
Yeah, man. Let's uh, let's call it a day for now. I I know because you nappy time. Anyway. <laughs> ah. That's the podcast, people. <laughs> That's the podcast, people. I hope we entertained you. Hope you said, yo, yo, fam, don't you want to shout out the Cash App so people that want to support us and get bigger can, you know, help us do that? Yeah, you know, uh, you want to help out the podcast so we could start shooting some videos and increasing the equipment. Do some interviews. Yeah. Just yeah. Cash App me. Uh, what's the dollar sign? Casual Ninja? Or you could be cash at me at Born Trucker. Yeah. So, you know, you feel like it, help us out. We appreciate the donations. And if you don't help us out, help us out with donations and you listen to the podcast, I'm going to give you a wedgie. <laughs> I'm going to traumatize you. Real talk. He's not joking. He's right. not joking. I would be like, hey, how you doing? Put your underwear up your behind. <laughs> Stains and all that. I have to get that oxy clean. Oh God! All right, I think that's it, y'all. <laughs> all right, everybody. Happy New Year for those of y'all that celebrated. Mm-hmm. Blessed and pro- prosperous through this whole New Year, if that's what you celebrate. But New Year is actually March first. We're gonna talk about that later. New Year's is March first. We're gonna talk about that later, B. Okay. Peace. Peace.